Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both of our partners are quadriplegics. And after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives. So join us each week as we tackle deep discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wags of SCI podcast with your hosts, Selena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Today, our episode is going to be a continuation of the last two episodes around polyamorous relationships. And today we will be sharing with you some of the anonymous responses and shares from the women in our community, along with the responses from other women in our community around these questions and stories. So thank you once again for sharing your time, spending this this time with us uh, today. And we hope you learn something along the way as we have as well throughout getting to dive more into this topic of polyamorous relationships. Yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. We are super excited about this one. This is like, we're gonna be sharing the real life experiences of some of the wags of SCI. So it's it's gonna be juicy. Um, before we get into this, we really wanted to send a shout out to our sponsors. These uh, women are very, very important to us and they help us to get the word out about Wags of SCI, but they also support the podcast and support us. Um, Robin Wishart is our gold sponsor of this podcast. So everybody knows Robin Wishart. She is the official advocate of the Wags of SCI community. She's also a lawyer and she runs a really successful firm called Wishart Brain and Spine Law. So she works exclusively with brain and spinal cord injuries. She's done this for over 10 years. So she has a ton of experience and we partnered with her about three years ago. So Robin can help you in a lot of ways. She can help you with advocacy in your area. She has a ton of resources all over North America, all over the world, actually, where she can connect you with people or lawyers in your community that can assist you or different resources. She can also help you with navigating your insurance claim, benefits, paperwork. She can help you get the most out of your policy. She can also help you with home adaptations and things like that, that we all often overlook. She can also help you set up medical appointments with specialists, just kind of help you with things that you wouldn't actually think about when you're in this position where you're a caregiver to someone like a quadriplegic or a paraplegic, you're kind of in over your head. She can help you as an advocate and say, hey, you know, this is where you could help yourself and your partner. So please be sure to visit wagsvesti.com and click on the legal resources tab to learn more about how she's working with the WAGS community. And you can also go to her own personal website, brainandspinelaw.com, and just learn more about her and her team and what she does and how she can help. Um, our second sponsor is Rolling in Paradise. Everyone in the Wags of SDI community seems to know about Annalisa and her partner, John. Uh, they're a quad wife and a quadriplegic, and this company is 100% disabled owned. So we love to support Wags in the community doing their business their own way and actually 
really, really helping other quads and paras in the community. So this business is VA approved and they do everything from freedom tracks to beach and shower wheelchairs, to lifts, to accessories, to power assist, to hand cycles. So pretty much everything you can think of as far as adaptive equipment, they do. So please support Annalisa and John in their business and visit rollinginparadise.com. Tell them the Wags of SCI sent you and they can hook you up with a lot of things that you need. So visit rollinginparadise.com for more information. All right. So let's begin. Brooke and I are going to share with you guys, as promised, some of the responses from today's episode of Wags of SCI Stories. Yes. So these are great. I mean, again, there's so many, there's so much information with different perspectives of of relationships. Um, yeah. So this response um, goes like this. So, so this is from uh, written anonymously by one of our Wags of SEI on the private Wags of SEI page on Facebook. So it goes like this. Seven years after my husband's accident, I realized that I completely lost myself. As I found my way back to me, I also explored creating a sexual relationship on the side. I ended up reconnecting with someone from my past. I did not talk to my husband about it because I didn't think he could handle it. But he found out and it was a mess, which was not how I should have handled it at all. However, we have decided to pursue an open marriage. Not like polyamory, because he is not part of our relationship. It's a separate outside relationship that we don't discuss It has not been smooth and we still have a lot to figure out, but I just knew that I could not go the rest of my life without fulfilling sex. So this was written and this was such a honest share from a woman in our community because she did share it on our page that is open Mm -hmm. to other women. And we actually got quite a few responses um, back about about these so we would also like to share some of these with you because i know there's probably a lot of feelings around some of the things that have been said in that um there's a lot there (laughs) yeah to deconstruct so um before we share some of our personal opinions i would like to read some of those as well so one of the responses goes like this this is where i am it's been over two years with no sex and i know i cannot go the rest of my life without sex And I know this sounds bad, but I don't have any desire to be sexual with my husband. It's really depressing and can be mentally exhausting, but I don't want to cheat on him either. I just go back and forth. It's very tough. Um, Then the next one reads five years with no sex here. And I am so frustrated, have thought seriously about going outside our marriage, but can't bring myself to act on my urges because my guilt gets the best of me. I truly love my husband, but it's so tough to find him sexy when you have seen his, (laughs) his bottom (laughs) covered in poo. Um, I mean, bowels and bladder is something that Brooke and I consistently discuss because these are just the realities of having, you know, being in a relationship with somebody with an SCI who does, who can have accidents and not everybody in our community takes on, um, these caregiving tasks, but a lot of us do because you do end up being the person that is there with the lack of support from our government for 
paid extra care that is needed, which is a whole other topic that we won't get into right now. (laughs) (laughs) So the next, the next response, we have two more of the next one reads like this. I agree, ladies. I love my husband dearly and I'm not going anywhere, but I'm also not sexually attracted to him. He's still incredibly handsome, but the sexual energy is just not there. We're struggling with this now. The only advice I can give is to be upfront. I did a lot of damage by trying to hide this affair from him. Then the last one, I'm sexually attracted to him, but I just find it hard when his sexy time parts don't work, which is fair. This is also something that's affected through SEI. Um, But, but we put, sorry, we put the effort in some sometimes, but I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I just want to lie there and take it. And those days are gone. And this is something that you and I have talked about previously is like a lot of the time, like, you know, our partners are now have lost the use of their arms or legs or maybe just legs, but that throwdown. this is something, you and I talked about, I don't know, years ago where it was like adjusting to like, you know, when you're in the mood with your partner and you're like, Ooh, I just want somebody to like throw me down on the bed and have their way with me, you know? And those times, you know, were gone. And a lot of the time being the spouse, that is the one who is doing the preparation and getting ready for, sexy time and it's it's become more routine than it used to be that it can be very it can be exhausting that by the end of it it's like let's just order pizza <laughs> like I'm just yeah let's just like snuggle in bed and get and get sushi or something instead of like okay you're setting up the mood then you're setting your partner up then you're putting yourself together then you're like oh I want to wear yeah. something sexy and like then you have a couple drinks and you're like oh my god I'm so tired <laughs> yeah and then you're like oh I gotta do the catheter I gotta set up in bed yeah. like it's, it's a lot yeah, it's for sh- for sure. So let's just sort of like rewind real quick, Brooke. Let's get back to the initial response um, yeah. about, you know, this woman saying that they've completely lost themselves. It's been seven years. They're not finding their partner um, attractive or just or they're finding love elsewhere and then hiding it from their partner. So why don't you take a stab at it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's important for everybody to know who's listening, like, we're going to try and like, we'll give our opinions, obviously, but there's nothing wrong with what these women are saying. And also, keep in mind, there's over there's almost 2000 members of our private discussion group. And and this was only one response and that got a few comments. So this is not the majority of the group or anybody who wants to speak out in it. However, I know that a lot of the women on our group have thoughts like this, like, you know, we think about, you know, normal people having negative thoughts and, and, and it's, they can be troublesome, but in our community, a lot of women have these negative thoughts come in that are like, Oh, you know, I'm sexually attracted to someone else. Or I have a lot of sexual energy that I need to release. And, you know, it's, I, I can't have sex the way that I used to, and it's still there and you feel guilty. And these are all things that we all think about. I mean, if we're, we're red blooded, women who have sexual energy. And it's, it's one of those things that a lot of us struggle with. And I think when it comes down to it for me is obviously like taking a more mindful approach and realizing that your thoughts that come up are a, not necessarily even your own. They can come from conditioning in society and they can come from parents and they, they, you know, they can come from 
you know, energies in your body that need to be released, they're not accurate. <laughs> I would argue that 99% of the time they're not accurate, to be honest, after years of studying myself and studying mm-hmm. books on all of this and stuff and psychology. And you know, you know, you have your degree in psychology. Um, the thoughts are not real. They are manifestations of energy. And it's up to you as the observer of those thoughts to decipher what they mean and to figure out if you want to listen to them or not. Not fight them, of course, because if you fight them, they'll just come back stronger. But look at them as an observer and say, hmm, do I want to participate in this line of thought? Do I want to participate in what this is telling me? And for that to happen, you have to really know yourself. And so what really stood out for me about this comment is seven years after my husband's accident, I realized I completely lost myself. So for me, that says that things got so far for her. Um, she wasn't practicing self-care. She wasn't looking after herself. She was in such a survival state. And, you know, trust me, I've been there. We've all been there when we're dealing mm-hmm. with this stuff, right? We go through those stages where we're treading water, we're drowning. And if you don't check in and actually devote time, like an appointment to yourself and prioritize yourself, you get to the point where you get lost, you know? And when you get lost, your kind of responsibility to yourself is to stop and say, okay, I've lost myself. This has gone too far. And by that time, you are so kind of in your own head, you're unbalanced, you're dysregulated, your nervous system's all over the place. You can't really see clearly. And so my thing is why let it get that far, to be honest? Like you don't know what is up or down when you're in that state. When you're in a survival state, your amygdala, which is processing your trauma, literally does not know what you're doing, What if you're up, if you're down, if you're back when you're eight, if you're in the present moment, it doesn't know. It's just programmed for survival. And so I, my thing is I, I would, would advise women before they make these choices or even get to a place where they can decide what they want is they have to get out of that survival mode and you have to focus on self-care and and your body and doing things like meditation, doing things like dietary adjustments, looking at all of the things to bring your body back to a state of homeostasis so that you can even get to the point where you can actually decide what you want to do. Because this is a huge life choice, deciding if you want to have a side piece and deciding if you want to have a three-way relationship or participate in polyamorous relationships, open relationships. It's a huge decision. It impacts two people. And so Basically, what I'm saying here is I would say get to a place where you can actually make a sound decision based on what your body is actually telling you in an informed way instead of just following those energies that are chaotic. Um, I've been there. Like to like I remember at the start of my partner's injury, um, I used to get like rushes of sexual energy all the time because, you know, at the start of, of the injury – you're not having sex very much. You're not devoting any time to having sex. Like you were saying earlier, um, you're not taking the time. It's almost like an appointment where you take a chunk of time and you have to like make it happen and you just don't have the energy. And so this is really common. A lot of times you go years without having sex. This is the reality of what happens. Um, I think, but I think also though, just to touch quickly on what you're saying about like not, you know, you have to make appointments to have sex. It's also you're, you're treading water and you're trying to sort of navigate a new 
way of your relationship that you were once used to, like maybe let's say like right before the injury, you had intercourse on a regular basis, or you had sort of like a system that you followed through with, or, you know, your partner was more, you know, had their own time to be, to be intimate by themselves as well. Um, and now with paralysis, it's like, you know, you're going through a rehab and you don't have that time, especially when your partner's there for four months, maybe even longer. So right away, those four months, you're now not able to carry through with something that you were once able to participate in together. So you lose that, right? So then all of a sudden you feel like you're like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, this is really weird. And then also your partner not being able to like, let's say masturbate by themselves anymore if they've got the the loss of their hands and you can't be really sexy with them in their hospital room at GF Strong or whatever. Uh, shepherd or wherever they're going, right? So then it's like that transition as well. And then when you get home and your partner's released from rehabilitation and you're treading water like seriously, trying to keep yourself, him, his routine, his medications, his physio, his everything his schedule together that it's like that you kind of go into that survival mode of sex is really even though it is they say you know like sex sleep and food or whatever the main basic survival things that you need in your life that is actually off the table for a lot of us because it's like you don't you you just don't even have time for that right and it's not even like you don't want to be intimate and so you're just like i just don't even know how to be intimate anymore But here's the thing, like sexual energy, it's an energy, it's a force, it's the Kundalini, right? It's, it comes from, you know, the base of your body and it works its way up and that energy is a real thing. And so, you know, when that energy isn't going anywhere and it's staying in your body, it can manifest as anxiety and more stress, right? Yeah. More anger, anger, stress, repressed feelings, frustration, unable to express, and then it gets stuck. And then you don't know why you're frustrated, but you're frustrated Mm -hmm. because you're not able to communicate with your own body. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and look what she said in in her, uh, her post, you know, she kind of was in survival mode and she was trying to find her, find herself. And, you know, she was doing these things where going behind his back and she, she, she said, you know, I should have, shouldn't have handled it this way. So basically what I'm getting at is I I wouldn't myself make any rash decisions um, or go down the road of where your thoughts and your sexual energy that is kind of all over the place are telling you to go because it's not accurate. It is all dysregulated. It is all like part of, quote, finding yourself is learning how to regulate yourself into a smooth sailing person instead of something that is chaos. And people don't really know that. They're not aware of like, okay, you know, you're feeling horny right now and you feel like, oh, I just wish I could have sex. I wish I could have the throwdown. And, you know, I, I just want to release that energy. And, you know, you could make a mistake that you regret later on, like going and cheating. And, you know, I know for myself, when my partner was first injured for the first year, I really, and this was all to do with my own stuff, like the stuff that I needed to heal, which was brought up through his injury, where is, I felt like, I wanted attention. I wanted some more attention. I wasn't looking within as to how I can give myself the attention I needed. And I was looking externally and I would get kind of sad that I wasn't getting 
attention from others. Everyone was so focused on my partner's injury and I would feel sad and I would want that attention. And I would think, oh, you know, what would it be like to get attention from other men right now? Like that would be nice to have someone look at me and, and have desire and all that stuff. And all those thoughts were racing around in my head. And for me, I chose to kind of watch them and let them pass through instead of following them. But I know how alluring those thoughts can be. And so like, I can only imagine like, I, you know, if I were to follow those things and then actually just ser- seriously regret it. And, you know, like what she's talking about here, you know, it hasn't been a smooth sailing. There's a lot for us to figure out. And, you know, he doesn't seem mm-hmm. like he's very happy with everything. And all that is tied in those decisions made when you're in kind of a survival mode. So, um, and especially again. when, and especially when you feel like you can't communicate with your partner because of, I mean, everybody, I feel everybody has those moments where you're like, Oh, I just don't want to talk to you right now about this. Like, I just, I just need to like be on my own or I just need to process this myself. And then when another individual comes into your life, who's giving you that attention, that's making it very easy to access, to access that and is making you feel seen and heard and really has no idea what you are going through, but may make it seem the illusion of they do understand. They do know it's it. I can see that, you know, a hundred percent. And think about how vulnerable you are. Like when you're dysregulated, you're stressed, you're a mess, you're navigating all these difficult emotions. You're trying to process your own. You're trying to help your partner process his. like, think about how vulnerable you are just to everything, not just to people, to everything. So I think that's a really, really important thing for everyone to be mindful about is just how your thoughts will play tricks on you when you're in a state where you are not yourself, where you are trying to navigate. Just like, I just keep thinking back to how hard it was and just, how you know, you wouldn't wish this on anybody, but you also, you know, eight years later, we always talk about how this was the most transformative thing that has ever happened to us as women where it's a teacher, right? You can't see that at the beginning. <laughs> you know, it yeah. takes years to see that, to well, truly, truly see that. And the other day, you and I went out for lunch with somebody in our community. And one of the things that this person had said was that um, the first three years were like really, really crazy. But then after those three years, you feel like your feet have sort of like landed on the ground again, right? And that you're able to breathe again. 100%. Like, um, you know, I, I know in rehab, they say oh, the first few months are difficult. No, no, no. I think they should change that to the first few years um, just to be realistic. It takes a long time for the body to begin to go back to homeostasis. It takes a long time and you can't even get to a place where you can support yourself for a couple of years. So, I mean, this is a thing, this is a thing. So I, I wanted to comment on, um, you know, all there's a couple of comments where it's just like, you know, how can I, I truly love my husband, but it's tough to find him sexy when you have his butt covered in poo. Okay. So I just wanted to touch on that personally, just based on what I've experienced and what I've seen in the community. So there is a, there's a split. There's a lot of women that can't handle it. Don't want to handle it. Fair enough. Totally. Um, and they just don't do that stuff. They don't like cleaning up their partner. They, their partner has, um, has a, a, a attendant or a nurse to do that. And they kind of stay out of that. There's also a lot of women who have no choice, but to do this, they don't have care. They can't afford care. They're kind of stuck doing the care and they don't really want to. 
Then there's also women who like doing the care. They find a lot of value in doing the care and they can separate themselves um, from, you know, the bowel and bladder stuff and the sexual stuff. And there's a lot of different like nuances to this. Like, I don't know anybody to be blunt. I don't know anybody that can clean up a bowel accident and then 10 minutes later can get into the sexy mood. Like, it's just, this is reality. However, like, sure, I think there's that there is definitely room for fetishes there. Like, some people, <laughs> some people, well, think about it. Like when you talk about like golden showers and like some people are into that. <laughs> oh, yes. And we've had lots of like <laughs> I'm weird not saying, stuff happening. <laughs> I'm not saying me particularly. <laughs> no, you're just I, bringing up all all perspectives. That's a really valid perspective. I'm sure it is. That. It yeah. is right. People do yeah. have their own. Yes. Um, their own fetishes. So we don't know yet. If you are one of those people, please contact us and please come on our show so we can discuss that further. Yes. And watch your DMS for people like this, because we've had issues in the past for people that want to see like things <laughs> and like want you to cath your partner on camera. Yeah, fair, fair. It's really fucked up. Um, <laughs> but yes. Okay. All that aside for sure. They're like, it's such a tough balance. Like, and I always go back to perspective is everything. So I mean, if you're in that situation where you want to devote more time to your sex life and you want more sexy energy, but you still have issues with the bell and bladder thing, that's a hard thing to overcome. But I can tell you that there's a lot of women in the community who have, they've overcome it. They've, 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 um, they've done what they had to do and then they've figured it out as a way to separate that. And, um, it's definitely practice, right? It's not something that comes right away. Um, but just letting all, you know, we have a lot of men that listen to the podcast, Paralyzed Men. Um, just know that like, there's a lot of different opinions on this. It is not black and white. It is something that needs to be navigated and it's so personal and it's, 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 it's a thing, but it's not everything, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, the two, just quickly, two things I was going to say about energy in general and being with somebody who is newly paralyzed. Um, one of the things that I found extremely helpful for myself was having girls weekends. If you can like set your partner up or like a girl's night, set your partner up and be able to just have a day just to go off with your friend and go do whatever it is you want to do where you're not responsible for the care of your partner, or you want to go out for like some cocktails that maybe the restaurant's not necessarily accessible or just doing like a hike or doing whatever it is that you used to love doing. I found for myself, not for everybody, for myself, I found this extremely important and actually for the betterment of my relationship. Because after I was, I would go off with my girlfriend, uh, maybe even different location. Like a lot of my friends live in different cities around us, go to a different location. And then just always, I always said there was no place like home afterwards where it's really nice just to come back home and continue on your life with your partner, whatever it is that you guys like to do together. Like for Dan and I, we like to go for walks around our area. We live in a really good area that, that allows for, for long walks or watching movies together or snuggles or puzzles or, I don't know, having barbecues or sitting at our fire table or cracking a nice bottle of wine together or whatever it is. Right. So like you'll be able to sort of, when you start to look at like the positives as opposed to the things that you can't do more as like the things that you can do and shine really, really take that flashlight, shine a 
big light on whatever it is that you can do and really just be present in that moment. Meaning get off your gadgets, get off your phones, get off of all that stuff. Listen to some really nice music together, explore different playlists, whatever it is, just really marvel in the things that you can do together. And then secondly, my, my piece of advice for people that want to express a sexual energy when you have your partner who maybe is not able to do those throwdowns any longer is one thing that I found really extremely useful and that we've been more getting more in, into this again that we used to do when Dan was still able-bodied is put on something sexy and be the one to dance around and have your partner watch you express yourself and dance and be sexy and you know do some sexy dancing or whatever because you're still outputting that energy in a way and still getting that reaction from your partner who's admiring you who's finding you very attractive and very alluring and you're still getting that attention and that attraction from your partner as well and feeling really good about yourself and if you need to take a shot of tequila before you do this i highly highly (laughs) recommend this uh tequila is the only upper out of all alcohols so there's another bonus (laughs) but but um this is something that i've really found mutually beneficial because you feel good your partner feels very turned on you feel good about yourself and you know you can put nice lighting you one of the things that we have in our home that was given to us as a gift is these really fun lights that you can change the setting and like the whole room changes into like a red light and with like waves on it or there's like a green and blue light or a white light and it puts like patterns on the ceiling of like waves and just really really fun like really explore with that and um i think that that was something that we were like oh yeah we forgot that we used to do this but we've definitely been getting more into it in the last few months and it just feels really good Ah, uh, that's amazing. And also like, you know, you were mentioning going on your girls weekends and doing your hikes and stuff like that. That is like, it's so important to find your version of what self-care means to you. And we, I know we always hammer this in uh, the importance of self-care, but w- what it really is, is like, you know, what we were talking about earlier about regulating yourself and getting yourself back to your baseline and actually getting yourself to the point where you can think clearly, keeping and continuing to do that, even if it's 20 minutes a day to start. Whatever you need to do to to keep yourself in a place where you can get back to your baseline, you can get back to your your personal homeostasis, it'll make everything different. And you'll be able to dance around for your partner. You'll be able to have that energy where you can share those things without being just so exhausted. That's the only way. That's literally the only way. I know like when we meet new wags, we always just hammer down the importance of like do you do your breath work, do your yoga, do whatever your hikes, your girls weekends, your trips to the casino, whatever it is that makes you get back to your, <laughs> get back to your balance. Oh, only please, please don't have too many trips to the casino that you lose all your money. And because we will not be responsible for giving you right. the suggestion. Right. It's just anything. Basically what I'm saying is anything that, that brings you joy um, that is healthy, that gardening, you, that you, yeah. Anything that brings you joy that will, you know, pottery. I know we got into pottery lately, like all of those things really important to keep those in your life to maintain your balance. So you don't make bad decisions. I also wanted to touch base quickly on, um, you know, we were talking earlier about sexual energy and you were, you brought that up just now and ways of channeling 
that energy because it is a tangible thing. Sexual energy is energy that is in a different part of your body that wants to move up. Um, so I know when you're under the influence of this energy, it can be very intoxicating, right? And a lot of women, you know, it's, it's still considered pretty taboo. Like we've been conditioned since childhood to like, you know, we don't talk about our sexual energy. We don't talk about watching porn. We don't talk about masturbation. It's not like ladylike. Um, and it's still what, you know, I know in society it's more accepted now, but it's still a big thing that is undercover literally where, you know, people don't even talk to their partners about it because they're afraid or they have some religious beliefs that stand in the way of that. And I would really, really encourage women when they feel horny. And of course, that sexual energy attaches to thoughts. It manifests as different thoughts. It manifests as, oh, maybe I should do this. Or, oh, I'm thinking about this person. I'm fantasizing about this person. But it can also be destructive thoughts, right? And just to know that when you're under the influence of that energy, it wants to move up. So I encourage all of you who are dealing with that, where they're like getting these thoughts or they're getting horny and they, they're thinking about other guys and they're conflicted. Um, a healthy 10 minute session of lying in your bed by yourself and, you know, masturbating or touching yourself or letting that energy moving through you with a form of breath work, sitting on your floor and breathing through, breathing that energy up and out of you. These are things that are healthy, healthy tools to release that energy and have it spread throughout your body and up and out of your body if it needs to. You need to do this in order to be balanced, a balanced person. This, like we said earlier, this energy will go elsewhere. It will manifest as aches and pains. If you have too much energy, it'll manifest as anxiety. Um, so definitely explore that within yourself because these energies are real. They are something that needs to be worked with and channeled. And um, in whatever way you feel suits you, I'm telling you, if you start getting thoughts of like, oh, I'm, you know, this and that, or oh, I'm horny and this and that, and I can't do this right now, I can't experiment with my partner, go into your room alone, go into anywhere alone where you can be by yourself, channel that energy in a healthy way, and then revisit those thoughts afterwards. And I'm telling you, you'll have completely different thoughts after. Mm-hmm. That's Those are great tips, Brooke. And very, like you said, very open and honest ones. So... Yeah. I mean, well, I I think that like we, we had said at the beginning of this series that we were going to do four parts, but I think it's going to extend into six parts at least. Right. Because we have so much to talk about. Yeah. Um, We're going to get back in. Sorry. That's okay. And we have lots, lots of responses and lots of write-ins from other women. So we want to be able to have that space and room and uh, share those with everybody. So if you do, I mean, if we get more people writing in, this might continue on until the rest <laughs> of the year. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We have a lot of other responses um, on completely different aspects and, and different ways that people are relating to this topic from the group. And we want to continue to share those with you next week. And we definitely will. So we're going to start off on another different set of comments next week and another discussion on this um, because they're different. And we have a lot of like this just I feel I don't know about you, Elena, but I really feel like this deserves a good flesh out because these are things that just don't get talked about in the disabled community. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So once again, if you would like to connect with either Brooke or I or the Wags of SCI community or any of the women in it, please feel free to write in at wagsofsci at gmail.com. There is also a private discussion group on Facebook called the Wags of SEI private discussion group. And if you are a member, a spouse, wife, wife or girlfriend of somebody with an SEI, please feel free to join us. Make sure to um, answer the appropriate questions for your admission. Um, also, you can find us on Instagram, Instagram, Wags of SCI. And um, yeah, so thanks again for tuning in for another great session of this very sexy topic. And until next time, enjoy the rest of your week ahead. Be kind to each other, love one another, and we will tune in with you next week. Cheers.